Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. Now, I first heard about this male contraceptive. I can almost remember, I don't remember the date, but I can remember what I was doing. I was a kid, right? I was maybe 12 or 13 years old, and I was sitting in my dad's vehicle outside of his workplace because I was... It's without, I don't know how to get, explain why I was there without getting into this very long story about it. But anyway, I worked there part time. And so, in between tasks, I was sitting there in the car listening to Howard Stern, which is what I did early in the morning. Probably one of the reasons why I'm such a troll today. So, thank you for that, Howard Stern. So, anyway, one of the commercials came out about male birth control and it uh, talked about how it functioned by causing the tails to effectively fall off of the sperm. Hmm. Which would prohibit them from swimming and, you know, would obviously keep them from doing what sperms try to do, causing pregnancies and, you know, all of that great stuff. And this was, you know, I was 12 or 13 years old then. I couldn't have been older than 14. And that was a really long time ago. And yet we're still, there, there is still no male birth control in the world. Yeah, I'm very surprised that that hasn't been developed yet. I mean, aside from a vasectomy and, you know, obviously using condoms, there's not really many choices that men have for birth control. I remember in 2016, uh, it, amongst the like feminist and anti-feminist YouTubers, they were talking about around that time, there was a trial for male birth control that was pretty uh, promising, but everybody that participated in the trial, it was like hurting them and made them so- some of them infertile. It's just like... I, I mean know. that happens to women though with birth yeah. control. I mean hormonal yeah, but birth don't control. Just kick ap- it out because it happens to women too. You know, it's like they should just get rid of both of them. You know, or develop them. In a, I, there just has to be a better option. And I mean, with women, it's definitely possible to track your cycle. But we're just. I remember when I That's was not foolproof though. Well, no, I, but I if assume you, do you mean it, tracking your cycle as a way of saying, hey, this is one of the days where it's easiest for me to get pregnant. Well, your women are only fertile like three days out of the week. And that's for like women in their early 20s. Once you get up to like 30s, 40s, women are really only like they don't even have eggs that are viable every single month. Okay. So I did, I, it's, I did and like you that. said, it's it's not foolproof. Right. You definitely have to know what you're doing. There's a lot of science that goes behind it. There's a lot of different things that you have to monitor and look out for. And there's, you know, more effective ways to do it and less effective ways to do it. Um, I certainly am not as knowledgeable on the subject as one would probably like, but it's backwards, right? The whole concept of birth control is backwards. Women can only carry one baby at a time and when they're and when they're pregnant they're pregnant for the next six months right but men can impregnate multiple women a day yeah if they had the options available to do that and it's like if we one of these two types of people needs to be on birth control and it's either the one who can only get pregnant once every nine months or it's the one who could impregnate nine people a day and Logic would dictate that the one that we should be focusing on birth control for, the one that we should be developing birth control for, is the one that can get multiple people pregnant at a time. That would make sense, wouldn't it? It, it would. And I think that's sort of, I think that is one of the biggest pieces of evidence that we, that we do, in fact, live in a male-dominated society. Absolutely. 
where like it makes the most sense for men to have to take this pill every single day instead of women. But birth control was instead designed for women. Maybe it's easier. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I just know logically it seems to be backwards. We got that coming up. Also, balloons. Uh, Bonnie, this is a tower defense game that Hmm. you told me about uh, several weeks ago, I think it was, and I've never actually played it. Hmm. But I do love tower defense, right? And so does the American government, apparently, because we're being attacked by balloons. Hmm. Now, I don't even know the chemical that spilled in Ohio, right? I didn't Um, hear anything about this until... It's vinyl chloride. Right. Yes, it's vinyl chloride. I didn't hear anything at all about this until Bonnie mentioned it offhanded to me a a few nights ago. And And it happened, I think, on the 2nd. Yeah. And no one was really, I mean, it didn't really hit mainstream news until like a few days ago. It still hasn't hit mainstream news. Like part of what I do, right, is monitor the news. So yeah. we have stuff to talk about on Free Talk Live. And so that I have stuff to talk about, you know, and not, not so much these days, but on my blogs and stuff like that. And I hadn't heard anything about this. We're yeah. We're almost two weeks into it. And the only reason I'm even aware of it is because Bonnie mentioned it offhandedly to me. Yeah. I only saw it because this girl that I follow on Twitter who isn't even like a political person just posted a thread and was like, everyone needs to know about this. And I clicked on it with somebody from Ohio like, this is going on. This is what happened. And they're arresting people who want to report on it. And I was completely shocked. I was like, whoa, this must have just happened. Wait, what? He posted this two days ago. Yeah. And when you see some of the the pictures and the videos and stuff like this is... This could be bad. It, I thought it was a nuclear bomb. It literally looks like a mushroom cloud. It looks like they blew something up. It it looks um, apocalyptic. Yes, certainly. absolutely. Well, and, they did blow something up. That's what's bad about it. It's like, yeah, it was going to be bad no matter what when the train crashed because the stuff boils at nine degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. It's going to get Lord. in the air. So it's a, you know, it's, but yeah, I guess. their decision was, okay, we're going to do a, quote, controlled burn. So they blew it up, and when this thing uh, catches on fire, what it turns into, I'm not going to remember the word right now, it's hydrogen something, and that that connects to water molecules, so that's mm-hmm. in the, all in the air, and it causes cancer. Yeah. I, I just don't know why that was the ideal solution. It seems like well, either this is a way... They're probably not brilliant. So either they, whoever made this decision is really, really stupid and didn't actually think about what they were doing and made a rushed decision without fully researching and thinking about this, or they're trying to make people really, really sick. And let us know if you want me and Ian to do a mukbang. A mukbang? Is that how you say it? Mukbang? I don't want to say mukbang. I thought it was a mukbang. That's that's how I pronounce it, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's probably right. It just sounds weird if someone doesn't know what it is. So if you don't know what that is, it's where people eat on camera. That's basically it. A large quantity of food on camera, right? It's not just a... I mean, for the muk... As I understand mukbangs, it's a lot of food. I think that's the traditional way. But when I looked it up on the hashtag, there's lots of people that do... like. Their whole TikToks are just quote unquote mukbangs, and it's just like what they ordered, and they're like talking yeah. about the restaurant and eating what they ordered. It's nothing like some people. I mean, most people probably do these things where they have these giant trays and they're just eating as much as humanly possible. That's gross, and I hate watching those. Yeah. They're usually as ASMR too. I like the ones that are not ASMR. Yeah, the slurpy ones, because that's another yeah. characteristic of the traditional mukbang videos, where they make these really obnoxious slurping noises, which is personally one of my worst nightmares because I yeah. hate the sound of chewing. It makes me literally angry whenever I watch yeah. those ones with like the 
crunches and like the the stuff getting all over their face. But yeah. for some reason, it's so fun to watch the regular ones where people are just yeah. like, "This is what I got at lunch today." They have like their special stuff in their car for eating. Yeah, I, it's awesome. I would. I could see how that could be cool, but the overeating, I'm kind of with Bonnie. Where I don't want to walk. I don't really advocate for overeating so yeah. i don't really want to like watch i mean you can overeat if you want yeah but that part kind of grosses me out too. i'm not gonna it, it gives me a stomach ache even like thinking about that i mean know? overeating and overeating in general is like gross and not good for yeah. you and one shouldn't do it right it's yeah. usually like really gr- gross looking guys too that do the like overeating mcdonald's Ew. ones and Ugh. it's like i <laughs> hate seeing it right? yeah literally my worst nightmare but i will say while we're on the topic sometimes i do like to watch my 600 pound life just because it's one of those Never like cringy, it. it's a TLC TV show, but okay. it's just one of those like cringy reality TV shows. I have a friend who likes McDonald's and like, that's not too unusual for people to like McDonald's yeah. and to eat McDonald's, but like this, they eat McDonald's like once or twice a week, every week, no matter what. And I'm like, this, no, this is weird. Like. I, I'm not going to lie. One of my guilty pleasures is the McRib. It it used to be. Like two or three years ago, that was one of my guilty pleasures. If they had the McRib, I was going to order from McDonald's. And, I've never had it. And I would order more McRibs than one one is comfortable with. Right? Like <laughs> it's a limited time thing. They usually have them for like a month or whatever. And I would probably order once every three days i was wondering why it's i was literally thinking about this today because i made just regular ribs and i was like why do they only have the mcrib like a month at a time why is it that they can't just have it all the time it's weird is, is it made of weird. some human part that they only sacrifice those people <laughs> once a year i think it's because just to keep the prestige yeah there's around it, it is like you said you'll go and buy more because you know they're well, limited stock or whatever Mate, that's probably it. And you know, to keep the to keep the prestige. If it was all year round, then it wouldn't be a special thing. I yeah. guess. I don't know. I'm not a marketing expert. I, I'm sure it's got something to do with marketing. Super weird. I I was just wondering it today because I can't think of any other thing that's like, oh, they only have it right now. They always got the Whopper. You well, know, I think King. I think some um, other fast foods do stuff like that. I can't think of any examples. Maybe but they're I'm just sure. not as famous. Oh, like the Shamrock Shake. Oh, yeah, that's from true. From McDonald's. There's oh, one. That's yeah. McDonald's, for some reason, I thought I that think was uh, Arby's. No, I, I think that's McDonald's, wrong. but uh, I think that's for St. Patrick's Day, right? I think so. So there's kind of more of a reason. Well, it's still just McDonald's, right? Just like the yeah. McRib. So yeah. is, is there another restaurant doing this, I guess, with my question. But... The McRib, it's disgusting. Uh, it is. I used to like it, but the last time the the McRib came around, I was the the previous time I was not overly impressed. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I used to what I used to yeah. enjoy about these. It's okay, but it's not. I don't want to eat this as I don't want to eat this as much as I did. One of the things about smoking that you don't notice as a smoker is that you you don't lose your sense of smell and taste. You mostly do. But you, mm. you don't completely lose it. You can still smell things and you can still taste things. But uh, I used to like red wine. I used to drink a lot of red wine. I was never an alcoholic, but I drank a lot of it and I enjoyed it. And it was, I would have characterized it as good. Mm-hmm. But when I quit smoking, I found that I, I don't like it. I can't stand That's the so taste weird. of red wine. You know what? I That same thing kind of happened to me when I stopped smoking, but I just... I didn't put two and two together, but 
I wonder if there's something about that. And also drinking. When I drink, I want to have a cigarette or some sort of vape nicotine product. So it's almost hard for me to drink now because... Luckily, I don't endure that uh, because of the method I use to quit smoking. I use Mm -hmm. Chantix, so I can drink just fine and not want a cigarette, thankfully. That's nice. It it is. But I I suspect that is a lot of... the issue for most people, right? Because that's what I did when I when yeah. I drank. And I mean, when I got off work, that's what I did. I would have a glass of wine and a cigarette, and I would do that all night long until it was time for me to go to bed. I would play a video game, have some wine, smoke a cigarette. Play some video games, have a wine, have some wine, smoke a cigarette. And I would just do that from the time I got off work until the time I went to bed. So I was worried about quitting smoking what what am i what am i going to do am i going to continue drinking or am i going yeah. to even be able to drink it's like oh. the best chaser ever the yeah. same thing happened to me when i quit smoking until drinking became insufferable for me so luckily i don't drink now so i never i never want a cigarette honestly but i basically completely quit for the last time because i quit a million times over a year ago now so i quit much gone dr- I pretty much quit drinking. I I still drink off and on. Like I go to the bar and I will have drinks at the bar. But like three years ago, I would regularly have glasses of wine after work, like almost every night. And I say I was never an alcoholic and that's true. I never had any sort of dependency and it never created any sort of problem. But I would drink a lot of wine, like a box of wine would last me four to five days, which sounds bad, but. A, a bottle of wine easily every single day. And mm-hmm. that's and it. I know a lot of people that drink that and then... I mean, that's kind of normalized, you know? Have a few... Sure. Because a bottle of wine, that's a few glasses of wine, you yeah, know? it's not a whole lot. No, it's not it, a lot. It sounds like it must be a whole lot, but it's that 750 milliliter bottle yeah, of wine... Yeah, it goes quick. Yeah, it's not a whole lot. Your average housewife drinks more than that. Yeah. And the box, the boxes of wine have like six, maybe seven bottles. It varies. But anyway, so I was drinking a lot, and I don't remember why I even got into all of that. But I, I put it down, and it was just fine, and now I just don't like it. My taste changed, and mm-hmm. that was you know, that was what I was getting at. Because of McRibs, yeah. Yes. And I just don't like McRibs anymore. I, I still love chocolate, and I still love a bunch of other things that I've always loved, but not the chocolate. I do miss having the menthol cigarette to chase my spicy food with. Oh, and in hindsight, I feel like that may have even been cheating to to eat the murder sauce from the Jamaican place here in Keene, which is made out of scotch bonnets and it can be tremendously hot. And then smoke a Newport cigarette afterwards, which that cooled your mouth down. Yes. To me, it sounds like it would burn it, but I've never tried that. Well, the Newport is a menthol and it's got that minty flavor and it, it. I don't know if it worked or not. But it felt like it did. Maybe if anything, I could believe that the menthol was it, but also I could totally believe that the smoke, like messing with your taste buds, was it like dulling your taste buds or something? I don't know. That's interesting. It is. One of the curious things, I wish I had done this. Like when I had COVID and I lost my sense of smell or taste, I've probably had COVID since, but I only lost my sense of smell or taste once, was I could still feel the sensation of heat, but I couldn't taste it. So yes, I, that happened to me too, and it's such a strange thing. It is. I wish I had made some videos of me like drinking bottles of hot sauce. Hmm. Because 
hot sauce, I mean, it's kind of gross. It's just yeah. vinegar. It's yeah. spicy vinegar. And it is not a good flavor. There, there are some good hot sauce flavors out there, but it's not something you would want to drink. On its own, yeah. Right. And, but I, and I can handle the spice of it just fine. So I really wish I had made some videos of me drinking hot sauce just, yeah. just, just, just for, for the wow factor, you know? Right. A number of years ago, the Pentagon, the American government, began apparently admitting the existence of unidentified flying objects, uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon, I think is the official term that they're using now, UAPs. I think they changed it again more recently. And it's, duh, right? It's like we have always known, we the people, or me as an individual, at the very least, I've always known there was stuff in the sky that the American government couldn't explain and wasn't, couldn't explain and wasn't responsible for. And these, these sightings go back thousands oh, of years in, in religious texts. And if you were an ancient person trying to describe a flying object, what a flying chariot would be the way that one would yeah. use to oh, characterize yeah. That's a, a, good point a plane. For that in the Bible, like I know lots of like the Mexican uh, natives, they called it like a, a ship. Like they had right. ships, but they, they, quote, uh, you know, described it as a ship, but like floating in the sky. Maybe they didn't have ships. Ships. Maybe they said had boats. LRN.FM. I'm going to dump it. I'm. I think that hey. was still within six seconds, but I I'm didn't catch it, and that. I don't think you actually said anything that was. Bad, I literally but... just misspoke, trying to say like a boat slash ship. Yeah, these things happen, and, and I don't think I'm not that was. That. Yeah, I don't think that was a big deal, and I don't. I'm not even convinced <laughs> that it happened. But anyway, yes. I. How would you describe something beyond your understanding? You wouldn't say, "Oh, well, the, a vessel, right? What is a chariot to these people? It's a vehicle that a person is in that you know takes them from point A to point B, and then they describe these these chariots in the sky and yeah. this obviously some sort of vessel so i don't know and then you have things like the the great pyramid which it's true that humans have the technology and the means and the ability to build the great pyramids today one of the things that irks me so much about these conspiracy theorists or these history revisionists whatever you would call them is this notion that oh we we couldn't in, we could not invent the pyramids today or we couldn't build the pyramids we we don't have the means of technology it's like we do we just don't care to i've never yeah. heard that specifically it's more that from the way that those ancient people are described they shouldn't have had the technology and there's also some things that we w are not able to do today like in peru there are these walls that are put together so closely that you couldn't put a human hair into and the only way that it could possibly be done because these things are not um, um, moldable, these are stones, would be if the stones were moldable. And nobody understands how they did it. And humans cannot recreate it today. They're, yeah. they're giant stones weighing, you know, 20, 50 tons, right? Maybe. Some well, of them. some of them are. Like, the ones that I'm thinking of at the Great Pyramid. And I, I, I think humans could build them today using lasers and we could chisel them and use cranes to put them in place and stuff like that. I, I, I tend to think that there's nothing... None of these structures that humans couldn't build today, but it's a matter of desire and mm -hmm. money. Like, we don't have the tens of trillions of dollars that we would want to spend on building it. We could, 
but we don't have that kind of money. And I think a lot of times since a lot of those ancient civilizations are a little bit more primitive, they a lot of people today think that these people were stupid or unable to do so. You know, just because you're painting on caves, at, you know, they had a, actually yeah. a lot of um, pretty intricate things that they didn't. I mean, they had sewage. They had um, what is it, the irrigation systems. You know, they yep. had they had a lot of things that I wouldn't consider to be necessarily primitive. And I think nowadays we're kind of straying a little too far away from that. You know, like we were talking mm. about before with the plastics, there's microplastics in our water. There, you know, a lot of people are on all of these different pharmaceuticals and medications and people are eating fast food and diets that are making them very sick. The basic idea, I think, from these people is that, you know, aliens built the Great Pyramid or whatever and they allege that humans don't have the technology or the means or the ability to build these things today and that's just fundamentally not true i think that's the dumbest of those we couldn't build them in the fast things i think that that is definitely taking you know making people seem stupider than they are i think that it's just the fact that people knew different things back then People definitely believe that, though. I've certainly heard yeah, the yeah. argument oh, yeah. from people that, you know, we, we couldn't build the Great Pyramid today. It's like, we could. We could, though, yeah. We just, it's, it would cost trillions of dollars. But that doesn't prove that aliens had to do it. That just meant that the people back then knew things that we don't know now. It's just so ignorant that people think right now is the pinnacle of knowledge. We've never known more than this. It's only built on top of each other. Like, that's so silly. Knowledge can be lost. I mean, the freaking... Also true, but I, I tend to think that the knowledge on how to build the pyramid wouldn't have gotten lost anyway. Like, we know how to stack rocks on top of each other. and But I, we don't know how they did it. Well... Because with the we, technology we sort of they do. had, they didn't have it. Well, the, they were they were artisans, right? They, they were skilled at carving rocks. But why would... It, they would have to be a reason that would actually help these people's lives. I don't know as much about specifically Egypt. It's just been something that doesn't interest me as much. But I, like Peru, these people were like hunter-gatherers. They weren't like, and, and then they just started making cities and they didn't have time to sit around building a rock for no reason. And worship, that's not a good enough reason to me. Like people aren't dying just to build a wall to worship their gods. Like I think these things did things we just don't understand now. Wait, so do you think they made it or it was aliens? I think they probably made but, it. Oh, and but they it was for a specific reason? Yeah, and they okay. understood things that we don't understand now. Like, yeah. how did they get these rocks to become movable mm -hmm. in a way that isn't just, like, I don't even know what they say that they did in, like, Peru, but there's no way that they did it without, you know, like, the machines we have now. Like, yes, we could uh, do some of these things today, but they didn't have cranes. Yeah, and I mean, but even just look at all of the other knowledge that has already been lost that we know of, like herbal medicine, a lot of that knowledge has been lost because it's been point. replaced with pharmaceuticals and modern medicine. Oh, yes. that's the pinnacle of knowledge, right? Well, and I mean, there absolutely is a place for modern medicine and pharmaceuticals, but that isn't the end-all be-all, and I think there needs to be a balance, so it's like throwing... You know, just throwing everything away just because we have this new technology. So just for example, like that's one thing. And I'm sure there's a ton of other knowledge 
that has been, I mean, they're not even teaching kids cursive in school anymore. So that's going to be knowledge that's going to be lost in like a hundred years, you know, just stuff like that. I'm, I, I believe humans could have like the great pyramid. Let's just stick with that one because it's easier, but like, you know, it, it is these massive blocks. Some of them weighing like up to 70 tons that are stacked on top of one another and they're shaped perfectly and you can't get a human hair between them, you know, and they were done using chisels and hammers. I, I, I believe that could be done, right? There, there's nothing in and of itself that I find impossible about that. But it's just like there are people that spend their whole lives researching it, specifically Egypt. Like I said, I don't really care about Egypt for whatever reason. Like well, when I was any younger, of them, if we if we wanted to talk but, about, but the but are you just guessing? Because Chichen I'm not Itza. just guessing. No, like I've the, watched a tons of documentaries well, about these exact subjects, and I it could there are definitely be done. places that today there is no technology to do what that has been done all they needed was chisels and hammers not for these things that i'm talking about like in peru in caracas peru the walls that are made of things not just like the pyramids that just got put next to each other these go into each other in ways that just they weren't they weren't just going to find this rock perfectly fits this one no they were chiseled to be those shapes chiseled these people have looked into it these archaeologists who know what those things, the telltale signs of those things are like, we can't explain this. I also, I guess I don't understand why we would assume that they weren't abundant. You know what I mean? Like why they were just like all like either poor or just really struggling for, I, I don't know. Like, well, they certainly didn't have the abundance that we do now, right? And, and but I do people have abundance why. right now? Because well, yeah, both parents have to work. Uh, full time people can't afford child care. Yeah, there are I people mean, homeless, time, starving. Full time employment is forty hours a week, right? Yeah. In in order to survive back then, one had to work like twelve hours a day every day. Yeah. So I mean, there's certain. If we were to work twelve hours a day every single day, we there would certainly you wouldn't need both of your parents doing that in order to survive or to be wealthy. It probably just looked so different. Like your mom would be at home working all day on the the food that was going to be eaten that night slash like for the week and stuff yeah. it'd be a job technically but but on the subject of some of the of the stars and things like that it, it's remarkable how much effort and science and mathematics went into some of this and like the great pyramid it's an eight-sided pyramid and most people don't know this like this is an extremely rare fact but the great pyramid has eight sides to it and it's so subtle it's so slight that it's only visible yeah twice each year and that's during the equinox or the solstice i don't remember now exactly which one but it it's one of them and only then do are the shadows split in such a way where you can clearly see that it's an eight-sided pyramid and what the archaeologists put forward about this on the subject of archaeologists and the fact that we can't trust them i think that's what you were alluding to previously or we can't oh, yeah, trust i don't think you them. can trust the mainstream ones yeah they're like well it was because the great pyramid it used to have these marble stones around it which is true these casing stones and when they took those down it just so happened to break the great pyramid such that it was evenly divided into these eight sides that is only visible perfectly visible during the solstice is it eight sides and a bottom or yes eight total including the yes including the bottom so i mean it's Mm. nine sides if you include the bottom okay but but their argument is that it's a coincidence. It just yeah. so happened when they took the outer stones off that it 
perfectly symmetrically split. Yeah, I doubt into that. Into an it's complete nonsense. It's imp- yeah, it's impossible. And wouldn't there be like cracks like that were obviously like that it broke? Well, that's what they're saying is that the eight sidedness of is it is the cracks are are the cracks. But yeah, like, what are the odds that the cracks would be completely perfectly even to create this eight sided pyramid that is and line only up with visible? The equinox, yeah, yeah, yeah. For this brief period, yeah, like that's not a mistake. A no. And let, never mind the fact that the Great Pyramid is aligned with Magnetic North to a higher degree of accuracy that the, the United States White House is also aligned to the Magnetic North. I think it's to the, I think it's a 25th of a degree off from Magnetic North, whereas the Great Pyramid is 0.05 of a degree. So it's more accurate. The Great Pyramid yeah. is more closely aligned with Magnetic North. Then the White House is the White House, which was built, you know, 200 years ago or whatever. Yeah, I don't think that was an accident either. No, and the that's ma- like some Freemason Illuminati stuff. And the, the knowledge of magnets didn't even exist yeah. in 3000 BCE or whenever the Great Pyramids were supposed to, to have been built. Right. Mm-hmm. So how did these people without the technology of magnets, with no understanding of magnetism or North and South Poles, how did they Align the Great Pyramid with greater accuracy than they did in the 18th century to Magnetic North. And when you ask Egyptologists and archaeologists these questions, they go, oh, it's just a coincidence. Wow. It's just yeah. a coincidence. And huh? that's the thing. I don't, and I've said this on the show before, I don't believe in coincidence. I don't. Well, I don't believe that's a coincidence. I believe coincidence could happen. Yeah, but, but when it comes, that. yeah. When a, when a historian slash archaeologist is telling me something is a coincidence, I'm always like, you're lying. I don't care if I have any evidence to the contrary. It's just always a lie. We have Jimmy on the line from Missouri listening on TuneIn. Jimmy, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, I have the answer for how they created the pyramids for the most part. Um, all right. And it's uh, all, all boils down to one word, geopolymers. Um, a geopolymer is uh, basically a type of concrete. Uh, this has been proven because they have uh, taken a lot of the stones, and it's not just the pyramids, but it's megalithic places all over the world, even in Peru and everything. They have taken uh, stones. Uh, there was a, uh, I believe it was a French team, took a lot of these stones and sliced them open, studied them with microscope, microscopes and everything to see what was really going on. And basically, uh, they figured figured it out that's a form of concrete made of those uh stones like the concrete we have nowadays is called portland concrete and it's uh pretty weak stuff compared to what this stuff was but uh if you go to i don't understand you're saying so he's saying what i was saying but i couldn't remember the word geopolymers it's the fact that these things can be made of one type of stone and they were made into a concrete which is not possible now. Now it's like there's little rocks and some kind of a stuff that makes it stick together, but, and that's how we have concrete. But these were one material, and they were moldable. And the the theory people have that makes the most sense to me is they understood some kinds of kind of resonancy that could make it like a frequency could be shot at it, and it would turn it moldable for a time. They could mold it. There's literally rocks. Where there's clearly people's hands went into it and grabbed a chunk of it, and now it, that's not possible today. What do you mean? But why they is can't it? just melt it down? 
What so do you mean, mean people's hands like, went into it? There's a like mark. Clay? Yeah, there's a, you know, um, like a print where somebody put their hands into it or dug it with a shovel and it looks like somebody just like took a chunk out of it easily, not, you know, like chiseling. And it's just laying there. And then it eventually turned solid because they only had a certain amount of time is what the theory is. So I don't get why the concrete, what is it called? Geodesic polymers? Geopolymers. Geopolymers. So why isn't that yeah. possible today? It's, I don't really know it's why. It's completely possible. It's oh. totally possible. In fact, it's been done. Um, but with what? Basically, basically what, they, what they did, what the ancient people did, is they took stone and they crushed it down really, really small, real fine. And they made, they combined it with other things, and they made a, basically a concrete with it. And uh, there's there's a YouTube channel called Geopolymer Institute that shows where uh, they recreated several of the blocks. This team recreated several of the blocks with with uh, old school, you know, tools that they would have had back then, and uh, made these blocks that were, uh, you know, you couldn't fit a hair between them or anything because they would make one block with you know using a mold molds made of wood and then they would uh let it dry and then they would make they would set the mold up on top of that block but that's just that doesn't answer what i'm talking about because it's like yeah that's possible nowadays that's literally what we do that's not geopolymer that's, that's, that's just what they did. that's just concrete but there are things that are made so, of one element that are like that yeah limestone Limestone. They they did this with limestone back then. With and nothing it's, it's else mixed in. It's not what you were just describing. No, it's it's they take <laughs> they take rocks that like I said they've they've dissected a lot of these stones and looked at them and noticed that like uh, a lot of the fossils in there are crushed up and partial and everything and and these stones which are different than the you know natural stone around. I use Elixir guitar strings. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend to be more expensive, but they're they're phenomenal strings. And I finally bought a set of Elixir strings for one of my bass guitars. And I had never done this before because I don't play bass often enough for it to matter, right? Yeah. Like I'm not going to spend fifty dollars on a set of bass strings when I could spend twenty dollars because I I'm not a bass player. Mm-hmm. I I don't care enough to spend that extra money for a good set of bass strings. So I was just using whatever strings had come on the bass. But, you know, had the bass for a little over a year now. It, it was time to replace the strings. Do, so, do the Elixir ones last longer so they, like, pay for themselves, kind of? Uh, they don't. All strings last about the same length of time, but they sound newer, longer. Hmm. And it's, if you've never experienced it, it's hard to explain, but there's a, the, the sound of a new guitar string is very, very different from the sound of an old guitar string. I thought you just replaced them when they broke. Yeah, me too. No. <laughs> Some people do that, but you, you should replace them more regularly than that. They, they sound different and they play different. That makes sense if they're tighter. But you can tighten them. But yes, you, you can tighten them. But the thing yeah. is, the way guitar strings are made, it's it's steel. I think it's steel. It's some sort of metal mm-hmm. that's wrapped around a yeah. core, right? Mm-hmm. And it's wrapped very tightly. It's a coil, basically. And um, your so it loosens. You're, well, it's not that. It's that your fingers and dust and you know skin cells and stuff they get in between those little grooves in the strings. That makes sense. And it it affects the sound. Mm-hmm. The thing about elixir strings is they have this polymer coating on them that's it's invisible, it's imperceptible. You can't tell that it's there, 
and it helps keep out dust and dead skin cells and whatever else. That's cool. And that makes them sound newer longer. Plus, it gives them a unique tone that it's bright, it's warm, and I absolutely love it. So anyway, see, I, I did all of this just now. See, and, yeah, natural. Right. And I was going to post this to Facebook last night until, and I got it all typed out and I was going to post it. And I was like, this sounds like a paid advertisement. It, uh, how is anyone out there supposed to know the difference between me talking about this thing that I love and a paid advertisement? But it's true that it's just, I love this brand of strings. And most people just use Ernie Ball strings. And see, the, the advertisement continues, right? Ernie Ball is the most popular type of guitar and bass string out there. They're terrible. The advantage they have is they're, they're, they're cheap. You can get a set of Ernie Ball strings for like eight bucks, maybe cheaper if you buy them on Amazon or if you buy them in bulk, maybe maybe six bucks for a pack of strings or whatever. Whereas the Elixir strings I use, you're paying 20 bucks, uh, literally three times the amount that you are for the Ernie Ball strings. It's like, well, why would I pay that? Well, you get what you pay for, mm-hmm. realistically. And I have not used the Elixir strings yet. I have not put them on, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to because I'm not a very good bass player, and I want to know how much of that has to do with the fact that I'm using inferior strings. Oh. Because strings make a big deal when you're playing a string instrument, obviously. Yeah. right? That's what comprises the instrument. Yeah, it's like trying to play a clarinet with a broken reed. I suppose. I don't know anything about the clarinet, <laughs> but probably. And I use thin strings on my guitar uh, because I tend to go for a brighter, warmer tone, and thin strings are great for that. And then I tune down sometimes, so it creates this weird deep end that's also bright, and I love it. But the bass strings, they're tight. The strings that came on this, you know, they're the default. They're probably Ernie Balls. They're tight. They're not very good. I'm interested to see whether or not it improves my bass playing abilities to have a set of good strings on there, because I suspect it will to some extent. But anyway, that's that's an advertisement, and I don't mind telling people about these products that I like. Then there are others like Windscribe, the VPN service. Absolutely love it. But we're not selling advertisement anymore here on Free Talk Live. I don't like selling advertisement. I'll tell you about something that I love. I think this is Turd Ferguson on the line. Is that correct? Well, how did you go? Okay, yeah, it is Turd Ferguson. That's a little scary. But okay, hold on. Yeah, now, but- I was listening to this. Yeah, I was listening to this show um, in the other room. Now, I maybe I misheard it because I was just jamming a, jamming a little bit here. So maybe I misheard. But did you guys, did one of you say that salespeople are bad people or you have to have a bad personality? To it was just stuff? my Is joke about I... Mark in case Mark was listening. And I said I was just kidding. And I said Mark was kind oh. of evil, but that part's not really a joke. <laughs> I think what you meant, oh, okay. like, you there, there's this image of the used car salesman, right? Who's kind yeah. of sleazy and they're kind of shady and... Those salesmen yeah. certainly exist, but a good salesman is someone who fulfills your needs, right? And that they're the ones who's going to get the repeat customers. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to, to say that, um, I mean, I know a thing or two about sales. And so I have you. changed people's, I have changed people's lives through selling things. Um, I was consistently, when I worked at Guitar Center, at the top of the sales ranker. And for good reason. It's because um, I helped people solve their challenges. Yeah, that, this is why when, when I worked at Radio Shack, I was the top salesman month after month after month. And it was for exactly the same reason. I wasn't trying to sell them stuff. 
I was trying to help them solve whatever problems they needed to solve. And sometimes that involved selling them stuff. Sometimes it didn't. So, and that's the difference between a good salesman and a sleazeball. Yeah. And I understand the need slash the good side of advertisements. It's like you could find out about something that helps your life greatly that you wouldn't have found out about otherwise other unless they started advertising. There's nothing wrong inherently with ads. It's just the fact that on Free Talk Live, we don't need we don't we wouldn't need to be beholden to selling ads and getting these companies to agree to a thing with us if our uh listeners just voluntarily contribute and it seems like it's been working it seems that we offer something that they actually don't mind donating to well so and there's it's out. there's kind of two kinds of marketing in that instance where there's the actual marketing for free talk live the show and then there's the market it like marketing on other people's behalfs like the advertising so it's like yeah we still need to do advertising you, you know like the amps program advertise market promote and support well, we certainly still need to promote Free Talk Live, yes. But, but just I don't not the advertising. Right. Yeah, exactly, for, on other people's behalf. Right. Yeah, it sounds like you guys have a problem with marketing for other people. That's what you have a problem with um, from what I'm hearing there. But um, Well, I just don't like doing talk- it, and I, I'm not convinced that it's necessary, and I'm not convinced. Yeah, I I'm don't s- actually have a problem with it either. Yeah, I'm certainly not convinced that it's helpful. I don't, I don't think it does any good. Especially when I like actually like the product. Like, what was the Flat Earth uh, seed mix we were eating. Oh, oh yeah. It's not a business that. now, so it kind of doesn't matter, but those were actually... Truth Smacks. Truth Smacks. Yeah, I and, and I that loved a... that concept, too, yeah. where, you know, it was like a good, healthy snack, but and there was. was, you know, like, truth bombs in there. Like, I, I love that idea. I just but love like, that there wasn't seed oils, and it. it was great. But how effective could a nationally syndicated radio show be in selling trail mix to people, right? right? Apparently not very effective because she went out of business. Well, that wasn't our fault. Right? <laughs> I know, but... but... But it's a fair point, and this is why I don't like advertising. Um, it, I don't think it's our fault, and I don't think it, you know, this was Truth Smack's fault or anything like that, or, you know, a failure of business or anything like that. It's just, I'm not convinced that advertising at all works. What was that thing called in Tennessee where people, they paid to go here, but they would literally get tortured? Oh, that, that's still a thing. I don't remember oh, what really? it is. Is yeah. it a real, like, they know they're going to get tortured? Yes. You have to sign waivers. I mean, there's so a prize. You, but I mean, a lot of people are like that, though. Well, everyone thinks they can put up with it. And they think they can win the grand prize. I think it's a $5 million prize or something like that. Has oh. no one ever won it? No, it's you get tortured for a 24-hour period or whatever. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't tap out? Yeah. And I think even like people who are into that sort of thing, they don't know like how far real torture can go. Like when you start, I don't even want to say I what know, I was about right? to say. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I don't I mean, even like it, to think about that. That's why I, I seriously can't even watch a Saw movie. It's because I just imagine that that's me and what, yeah, what how I'd be feeling that m- moment. And like I don't even want to describe some of the stuff that I've been told have been in those movies. But mm-hmm. one of them that scares me the most has to do with like. A key. Oh, yeah. And you have to pull the key out of your own throat, but it's connected to scratchy things. I, I, mean, I basically des- described it after I said I wasn't going to. I, I don't, I don't remember out. that particular scene, but I mean, yeah, uh, it's it's screwed up and I don't I, I wouldn't want the money that bad. But I mean, some people do. Right. Some people no. have like gotten their 
you know, teeth pulled out there. That's probably the least bad what? thing. It's just what I remember. Yeah, but I know, right? You, 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 you could signed lose up teeth. for it. Yeah. What? Right. I know. No, I can't even imagine. If that. someone offers you five million dollars to to make it through no. their sick game or whatever, uh-uh. no way. Yeah. I wouldn't do uh, it. I'm very happy being broke. I'm but very happy with my, my teeth. teeth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's also a horror movie about this about this concept, and I don't remember yeah. the name of it now. But I've seen so many horror movies. I wish I could remember the name of this. It's it's just a game of this ultra rich person, right? He gets these ten desperate people. They this person needs to pay for their their hospital treatment or whatever, and this person wants to put their kids through college or whatever. Oh, so it takes. That's so sad, though. So he takes all of these people who are desperate for yeah. money. He's like, okay, look, there's a ten million dollar prize. All you have to do is get through. All you have to do is make it through without leaving. And you know the the stakes just get higher and higher and higher and. Ultimately, people end up dying. It's the same thing with like Squid Game. They're in there to yes. win the prize. And I found out um, what the the Tennessee uh, torture house is called. It's called McKamey with a K Manor. It says with I think its, that's the one I was thinking of. Says with its participants bound, drugged, and beaten, McKamey Manor drugged? is said to be more like a torture chamber than a haunted house. But that's what? the thing they sign off on it. That's why it's still a thing. I hadn't heard about people being drugged. So, Ohio, what is happening in Ohio? I, again, wasn't aware of this at all until Bonnie had brought it up to me. According to WTRF, animals are sick and dying after Ohio train derailment. And as far as I'm aware, the investigation is still ongoing about what exactly caused the Ohio train derailment. I don't know exactly what caused it. But yeah, I hadn't heard any theory about why the train, you know, just flipped over to begin with. Well, it certainly wasn't a quarter on the tracks. This is the mythology, the myth that we always heard as kids, right? Like, if you put a quarter on the tracks, it'll make yeah. the train derail. But, I mean... That, yeah, I don't know if that's real. doesn't no, happen. You just lose your uh, penny. Of course it's not real. The, oh, yeah, but remember the flattening the penny thing where yeah. you put it on and it flattens it? Train tracks yeah. vibrate. And as the as it vibrates, it's going to rock the quarter mm. off of it. Yeah, to be fair, I've never found a penny. I've never been like, oh, well, I got it and it's crushed, ever. And I've put pennies on tra- railroads lots of times. Well, if you, you would have to tape it down or mm. something, I would imagine. I never thought about the I used the to do that when we were kids. You used to do I what? think it flattened pennies on pa- train tracks. Maybe. I, could, but it's I not honestly going to could be misremembering this. And but. more often than not, I would imagine the quarter, because they vibrate, right? Yeah. It's just going to vibrate off That's a good most of the time. theory, but my thought was just that it did flatten, but it just flew off somewhere and we never found it again. Because that's usually what that's happens. That's also possible. Gone. But I, no, I, now that I'm thinking about it, it shakes the ground around you so much, it's possible that, I, I don't know, it's weird. It certainly isn't going to derail any trains to no. have a quarter on them, though. Right, I mean, yeah. if it was that... If train tracks were that sensitive, like the technology would never have taken off because yeah. every train would have crashed. Yeah, like grass yeah, exactly. growing too high up or something. Yeah. Oh know. God, a pine cone fell on the tracks. Now, <laughs> now thirty thousand people. Now thirty people are dead. Right? It's nonsense. So, an Ohio Humane Society director says she's been re- busy receiving calls from families 
who are reporting their pets are dying. Oh, I already wish I had picked a different story to get into. Well, I was wondering if this was going to start being reported because it's like, this is what people that know about this chemical have been like, yeah, this is what's going to happen. But I hadn't heard anything except like this one lady said, she lives like a mile radius around it. And she said her chickens just died. They were like, there are people like a hundred miles away. Oh, wow. Who had their animal, maybe not a hundred miles away, but there are people substantially farther than a mile away who were having their animals getting sick and dying. Mm. I mean, this is, it's already traveling up to New York State. Like, this is a big deal. Now there's a giant cloud of toxic waste material that's going to start raining acid rain on everyone. Yeah, I saw the cloud got bigger. It's like, we keep seeing this terrifying in itself picture of like a mushroom cloud that looks like maybe a dissipate. No, it got bigger. And there's no pictures of it where it's like as big, Big as multiple football fields, and it's still dark black. Like, mm-hmm. but I mean, uh, I've seen one so far. I've seen pictures of the clouds from the top, like a, a plane flying over, and it's surreal, right? You have this, yeah. You have white clouds, and they look normal, and then in the center of them is this this disturbing black cloud that looks like something out of Armageddon. It's not good. Executive Director Teresa McGuire. Spoke to Seven News partner, blah, 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 about the list she is planning to send to Norfolk Southern, the railroad company involved in the train derailment, to see if there's something that can be done for the families reporting pet issues. So people's pets seem to be dying. Some of the reports said the animals were diagnosed with vinyl chloride poisoning. And I don't know anything about vinyl. Is it vinyl? Vinyl chloride? Vinyl, yeah, I think. Obviously. I don't know anything about vinyl chloride. That is the one that, that's what the trucks were transporting before it got burned and, you know, when it burns, it turns into something else. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a gas. It's, I think it's eight degrees Fahrenheit is the boiling point. Yes. It's so crazy. So So I understand why it was difficult, a difficult situation. I just don't understand why. Why did they set it on fire? Burn it is the explanation or is the answer. It's like if it was just seeped into the ground even, that would be crazy. But it's like, that would be a less of a disaster than making a giant mushroom cloud. Drumming is exercise, though. You're absolutely right, Bonnie. I think that's what you were getting at. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's cardio, man. Like, one of the things I do for exercise is play drums because it requires mm-hmm. a movement of all four limbs to a beat, and some of it can be pretty fast and intense, and it's, it's a workout. And if you play something like the Agonist or Death Metal or something like not that I can play the Agonist on drums, I certainly cannot, but... If you attempt to, which I do attempt to, because that's the only way you ever get better is to do things beyond your ability until they become within your ability. It's it's intense. It's a workout. You're sore afterwards. It's just like that that first game of Wii Boxing that everyone did when the Nintendo Wii was popular, right? Everyone got the Wii Sports and they, they did their bowling and their boxing and then they were sore the next day. Yep. And they were like, oh, that was that was a terrible experience. That's how I broke a flat screen TV my parents oh, had. No. Did you? I always thought that was just like rumors. I know, right? But it really happened to me. I even wrote about it in my diary. I was like, my dad is going to be home any minute now. And I'm going <laughs> to. Oh, no. He was oh, mostly gosh. just like upset or sad. You know, he didn't. Yeah. It was an accident. I put the right. thing around my wrist. I just didn't clasp it tight enough. And I just have tiny wrists. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't expect it would fly out of my hand. I was doing the bowling, literally. Yeah. So I you throw like- it right at the TV. I used to like the dancing one. Me and my sister, I would like pregame dance class with the Wii dancing game. It was fun. I don't think I had the dancing one. I had, you know, Wii Sports, I think, came with the Wii. 
and uh, like that was Mario a good Kart. little console, man. Yeah. I, I'm excited because um, I had an an SD card adapter finally arrived today oh, that cool. I've been waiting on for a long time. And the reason I bring this up is because I've been wanting to hack my Nintendo Wii U for mm-hmm. a really long time, and this this is just hacking so that I can play custom software and whatever. You know, it's completely legit. There's nothing shady or whatever about it. And the Wii U's discontinued anyway. I ca- I literally cannot buy software for the Wii U if I wanted to. Because that's the way Nintendo works. So anyway, I've been wanting to do this for quite a while, and I can finally do it now because there are a lot of games that came out for the Wii because the Wii U is backward compatible with the Wii. So if I wanted to play Wii Sports, and I even have one of the one of the little sensor bars sitting on top of my projector screen, and oh yeah, I forgot about that part. <laughs> I bought the thirty foot extension cable to run it all the way back because the Wii U sits, you know, f- as far away as physically far from the projector screen as one could be done because that's just how things are designed and so i you know play super mario galaxy by the way one of the best mario games ever made was super mario galaxy just a lot of fun it's a it was a cool is that only we yes never heard of it look you have tiktok installed on your phone i don't think you really need to worry about the balloon spying on you that's what i'm saying i it's just so easy for them to spy on us through Google, all of these other internet yeah. computer apps. Why would they even bother trying to look at us? Yeah, from the from the sky away. It's not, they're sense. not going to gain any information about me from looking at the top of my house. The fact that anybody fell from this, like I would believe that they were trying to drop a bomb on us before I'd believe yeah. that that was a spy balloon. You know what I mean? So it's just very interesting that like, and when you be. They, more mad at the United States government for shutting or shooting it down once it went from like Montana to North Carolina. Yeah, like why did it take so long? There's just so many things about that. It's all very weird to say nothing of the Chinese spy satellites that we know exist, yeah. right? Like the Chinese government absolutely has satellites in in orbit around the planet, and they are absolutely some of them are absolutely watching the United States. So, like, what were they supposedly gaining from this balloon that they weren't gaining from their satellites? It's all very peculiar. It's a low-tech-looking balloon I that mean, could have just yeah. gotten taken out by some birds on accident. It's it's really was just a distraction of all of the other countless things yeah. that Americans and the rest of the world should be paying attention to that they aren't, and they are so easy to distract. So this is coming from the garrisoncenter.org. So go check that out if you like what the article we're about to get into has to say. They're over Alaska. They're over Montana. They're over Lake Huron. They're over... Oh, wait. They just got shot down. Woo! That was close. Tesla's engineers are gathering this week in Washington with an eye on dramatically improving their vehicle's acceleration profiles by studying how fast the U.S. government managed to get from, quote, nothing there to, quote, balloon of some kind, to spy balloon, to unidentified aerial phenomena. Because that was the arc that this thing took, right? Mm-hmm. It went from, ah, there is nothing there, don't worry about it. And then it was a, a balloon of some sort. Then it was a Chinese spy balloon, then unidentified aerial phenomena. The UAP, as they call it, the new term for UFO. To seemingly flying squadrons of military aircraft over every child's birthday party, and using expensive missiles to take down stray helium containers, which is what the United States government did, didn't they? Didn't they shoot these things down? Yeah. Or this thing down? Because I don't know how many there were, but there was at least one. And I don't know if there were more. Do either of you know? 
I only heard about one. And then there was one that flew over China that they were trying to say was a UFO. And I was like, oh, here it comes, the fake alien invasion that they're going to use to do whatever with. I really just didn't care enough to actually, like, look at articles about it. I just went off what I saw on Twitter. It's just like I was like, this is so dumb. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.